City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Buzzer Beaters podcast on the All Hornets podcast network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast Network is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's episode, Eric and I will be giving a State of the Union address for these 2023-2024 Charlotte Hornets uh, and discussing where the franchise goes from here. Before we jump into that, for, uh, for today, I am your host, Atticus Ferguson. And I'm your co-host, Eric Barnes. Eric, you know, we, we spoke last week. We tried to go glass half full, glass half empty. You know, you and I try to always have a jovial, uh, you know, sense to us and, and be positive and, <laughs> and look at how things can go right. But, you know, as the, as the season goes on, as the weeks go on, it's getting harder and harder to do that. And uh, as a result, in today's episode, you know, we're going to we're going to hear that a lot, man. But uh, but how have you been since we last spoke? I've been good, man. I've been busy this week with work, traveling all over, you know, caught the Hornets game last night. Was hoping for a better result. <laughs> I was hoping for a better result, but, you know, didn't quite go their way. Um, but, yeah, that brings us to here today. And, and we're going to kind of dive into how the Hornets are making us feel early in this new year. Yeah, to give a insight into kind of my week here, um, yeah, I've been watching the Hornets too, unfortunately. Um, last night, 
you know, we're recording this on, on Thursday like we normally do. Last night had a date night with the lady celebrating a, uh, a nice work milestone that she had accomplished recently. And uh, she had the idea, like, let's let's go a little early so we can get back and watch the Hornets game. So I, and I'm thinking in my head, we really don't <laughs> have to do that, but okay, sure. Um, and I'm checking the the score every once in a while, just throughout dinner, you know, occasionally just glancing at it. And the Hornets look like they're competing. And like, you know, maybe we'll have a, a game to watch when we get home, you know, kind of cap off a nice dinner, you know, had a few beverages, come home, you know, feeling nice and, and watch a, watch our Hornets win, that'd be a great way to, to cap off the date night. And, and of course, that's not what happened. As soon as we get home, they start getting destroyed. So um, that that's how it goes these days, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, it seemed to go that way a lot this year. Um, my advice to you or any other Hornets uh, fan out there, if you know, you're making a point to watch the Hornets, make sure to tune in in the first half because that's when you know, you'll still have hope for the win. Uh, it seems that every single third quarter this year, that's when the Hornets just blow up, whether it's a talent issue or, you know, not playing defense or whatever it may be. First half, you may get a little hope. Second half, third quarter comes, the opposing team just blows it wide open. So, yeah, for anyone still watching the Hornets games out there, and I'm assuming most people listening to this pod are, um, yeah, definitely make sure to tune into the first half. Maybe make your dinner plans a little later compared to earlier that's what i was gonna say maybe maybe make sure the date starts uh as soon as the second half tips off <laughs> and then just and then whatever the final score is at the end of the first half you know you just assume that that's how the game is and, and go for, go ahead with your night and don't you know just shut off all the espn and bleacher report notifications right. yeah, maybe maybe we'll look into that maybe maybe after the all-star break we'll we'll start coming up with like coping mechanisms and like ways <laughs> to stomach watching the games maybe, maybe we can bank that and, and that'd be a future uh podcast topic yeah i mean that could be something good you know it doesn't hurt to experiment a little bit no doubt um but but let's jump right into it here atticus i mean what's got your blood boiling i know you've got a lot on your mind with the hornets right now i mean what is at the top of that list what is something that you just need to see change or you're hoping it changes or i mean just kind of where are you at with the charlotte hornets right now atticus yeah so i've got a little opening monologue rant to kind of get us started here i don't like to normally do this but i can't i can't really get into this without doing this so you'll, you'll have to give me a minute or two here to kind of uh, to paint a picture if you will <laughs> so at the time of our recording the hornets are eight games back from the play-in again not from the playoffs eight games back from the play-in at the time of recording by the time you're listening to this i'm sure it will be worse so the team has been stacking losses recently uh, they've lost 17 out of the last 18 games at the time of recording. Again, they will have played the Spurs by the time you're listening to this. Um, so that will either be one more loss or one more win. We know Victor Robignano won't be playing, so maybe their fortunes will have slightly uh, increased since the time uh, we recorded to the time you're listening to this. During that, during a lot of the recent stretch of losses uh, before LaMelo returned, which is what I will get to here in a moment, the team, kind of like you alluded to earlier, would be competitive for stretches uh, the first half, maybe the first three quarters, and then they would fizzle out late. The main message we would hear after the games, uh, at practices, anytime you know, Steve Clifford or any of the players were available to the media is we just need to get some of our guys back, right? Injuries and health have obviously been a huge concern for the Hornets this season uh, and last season as well. The Mellow Ball returns. Franchise cornerstone, best player on the team. 
Uh, and the Hornets promptly go on the road to San Antonio and get smacked by 36 points. They were in danger of losing that one by 40. Followed that with a 17-point loss to Miami. Uh, 17 points makes it sound much more competitive than it was. They uh, were only able to score 87 points in that outing. Uh, so 87 points in an NBA game. Uh, it was a four-quarter game, not three quarters. That was not shortened by a quarter. It's a four-quarter game where they scored 87 points in the 2024 NBA. Players only meeting is called. Uh, the team responds going to New Orleans. They kind of get back to that thing where they're going to be competitive for a half, maybe two and a half quarters, uh, and ultimately the wheels fall off, and they end up losing by 20 at New Orleans. So, again, to catch you up to speed, that results in 17 out of the last 18 games being losses for the Charlotte Hornets. During that stretch, they've shown little to no heart, uh, minimal, if any, pride. There's no galvanizing, that's a really tough word, no galvanizing leadership presence. Ultimately, this is turning into one of the most disheartening Hornets seasons and one of the most disappointing Hornets teams um, since the team returned to Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up pretty well there. Uh, things have been bad. It seems like anytime I'm getting ready to watch the Hornets, I'm not really expecting much, it, and it kind of seems like the team has quit. Um, and when you can kind of sense that from a team, it's really hard to sit down on any given night, even a weeknight, and say, you know what, I'm going to sit here and watch the Hornets because every single time you do it, you come away with, like, why am I necessarily investing so much time into this team when they clearly don't seem to care much themselves? Now, I do want to backtrack a little here because I do think some of it is the injuries that have been talked about a ton, but not just the injuries now, right? I mean, they're still missing guys. I think a lot of it is they started with all these injuries. Well, look, let's look. You start the season, you're missing Miles Bridges. Then you get Miles Bridges back. Then you lose LaMelo. And you've really lost almost every single player for a certain amount of games in between. And now I just feel like the record is so bad that – they've just given up on the season. And I, this was a team that coming into the year needed things to break the right way for them to make the playoffs. I think we can agree on that. Well, basically the opposite has happened. Everything's broke the wrong way. They had all these injuries. And now you get your cornerstone back in LaMelo, but you're still missing Brandon Miller. You're still missing Mark Williams, who the longer he's out, the more you've got to be concerned about, well, what's really going on with Big Mark? And now with the record, what it is, it just seems like they, they're not really playing for anything. And you can see that with their play on the court. Like, it just doesn't seem like they're playing very motivated basketball. They just have a loser's mentality going into a game. And they kind of just accept their fate before it starts. Now, is that the case? Who knows? I mean, it, it's up for debate. But that's the feeling I get when I watch this Hornets team. Yeah, I mean, it's human nature, right? When you continue to fail, which in this case for the Charlotte Hornets, failure equates to losing, is what I mean by fail. You continue to fail at something when you continue to lose on a night-in and night-out basis. It's very disheartening. Uh, it's human nature for that to impact your confidence in a negative way and put you in a bad headspace going into these competitions. However, as a professional – you've got to figure out a way to go in every night and compete 
And it kind of gets back to one of the things I was saying earlier. It gets back to pride. You've got to have some pride as an individual, as a professional, as a team, as a coaching staff, as an organization. You know, someone's got to come in there and say, hey, guys, we're not going to continue to go out there and get smacked around every night. And if we're going to keep losing, we're not going to go out there and embarrass ourselves and let these teams push us around. It's not just that they're losing. It's the manner in, they're do- in which they're doing it. They're getting blown out. They're playing lazy. They don't have pride, like I keep saying. They they're getting they're, they're, they just they look like they're being outclassed and they're just frankly getting embarrassed. It's not like there's a lot of close losses. There are some sprinkled in because when you lose 17 out of 18 games, naturally some of those might be close and contested competitions. But it's just the it's not like I said the way they're losing is more frustrating than the amount of losses and the consecutive losses than that. No, I agree. Because, look, here's the thing. I can sit here and do a counter-argument and say, look, I mean, even with LaMelo back, I feel like that makes a lot of people kind of forget that we're still missing several players. Um, I mean, three at the minimum key rotation players in Mark Williams, Gordon Hayward, and Brandon Miller. Um, But you're right. The way these losses are happening, it's not even really like they're putting up a fight. I mean, in the first half, sure, but – they end up losing by double digits in basically three or four games that they play. So something's got to give. And it seems like as these losses continue to stack up, you continue to hear more reports that trades may be coming at the deadline. Will that happen? That remains to be seen. I still am of the mind you don't just make trades just to make trades. There's got to be some sort of vision in mind, whether you are looking to go younger or you're getting a player that you may think is undervalued and will fit well with what you're trying to build. Um, but I think one thing's obvious. At some point, something's got to change because whether you want to make the injuries argument or not, um, I think it's safe to say that this Hornets basketball team, them maxing out would be – I don't even know if I would say a six seed in the future. It may be a play-in berth, even if they're healthy. So – Something's got to give. Is it easy to just get really good talent that gets you to the playoffs, especially when you don't have a ton of great assets on your roster? No, not necessarily, but something's got to change. And and I think it's inevitably coming with the front office and the head coach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately you're going to have to shuffle some players around. Um, a lot of times people do want to blame the front office or the coach. But at the end of the day, we know that the NBA is a player's league. And if your players aren't good enough, um, then you're not going to have any chance of getting having any sustained success. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Hornets. They're not good enough probably from the get-go. And then they're having all these injuries. So they're just at a talent deficit, you know, 99% of the games they play right now. Um, but, yeah, so ultimately, something's got to change. Yeah, I mean – that kind of brings me into my next point. I want to touch on one more thing, kind of what we've been talking about so far to open up. You know, with with the Hornets losing a lot of games and and with everything that's been going on, you know, you never hear people talking about the Hornets and describing them words like with words like scrappy or gritty or pesky or like a thorn in the side. Like, hey, you know what? They may not win very many games, but they're going to be a tough out. They're going to give you their all. It's very much the opposite. It's a scheduled win. I mean, Miami's just resting guys the other night when the Hornets are playing in Miami. And they're just resting guys and, and comfortably winning. 
you know, with like the Tyler heroes of the world leading the way, no disrespect to Tyler hero, nice player, but I mean, they're rolling guys like out like that out there saying, Oh, we can easily beat the Charlotte Hornets. And they, and they do, and they know they can't. Um, they're getting, the Hornets are getting out coached, out schemes. Uh, they're a talent deficit, like you said. And you know, another thing I want to get into probably later is just I just don't think this team was ever put together well for Steve Clifford. Like, it's a team that refuses to play defense. You have a defensive coach. In theory, the defensive-minded coach gets the player to get the player gets the players who don't want to play defense, aren't good at playing defense, to play defense and to develop as defensive players. Uh, but ultimately, some players just are only willing to commit on that end of the floor so much. So it's like this roster isn't built uh, to be very conducive for Steve Clifford's skill set. But yeah, something that you were talking about with the trade deadline, we're seeing all sorts of reports. You know, PJ Washington, Terry Rozier, obviously Gordon's kind of in the discussions this time of the year, every season uh, for the past couple of years at least. I don't know what to expect necessarily. We know in the past, Cupcheck hasn't done much at the deadline. New ownership obviously seems to be kind of steering the boat uh, this deadline from what we're hearing. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's a little different than what we typically see from Cupcheck because I don't know that he's solely making the decisions necessarily. But I would I would begin – let me back up. The Hornets need a hard reset. They need to establish a real culture. They need to trim the fat. The quote-unquote core of this team that we've had – for several years now, got to blow it up. The only players that you have to keep around are Mello, uh, Brandon Miller, Mark Williams. Uh, you can throw Nick Smith Jr. in there if you want as well. Other than that, trim the fat, man. Get rid of everyone. Um, this We need a hard reset, and, and I think you've got to start that at the trade deadline for a couple of reasons. One, this can't be a completely lost season. I mean, you've got too many young players. You need to build some sort of momentum going into the next season and for the future at large. This cannot continue to be an entirely lost season. You've got to make a statement as new owners and come in and start trimming some of the fat now. And then, you know, you don't have to do an entire overhaul at the deadline. That's what the offseason's for. You've got to make a statement now and say, hey, you know what? Like, times are changing, and if you're still here, get your act together. You're going to be gone this offseason too. Um, Last thing I want to say before I turn it over to you, something I do at the deadline – you know, they're holding on to Book Knight for now. Uh, he could definitely be used as trade filler with his salary. If they don't trade him, I I would waive him immediately. Immediately after that, I'd waive him. That'd be the first message I'm sending. James Book Knight, <laughs> like he is the definition of a guy. This whole team plays in third gear. It's like they've taken on the identity of James Book Knight. If we if the Hornets can't use him as trade filler, I'd get him out immediately. That's the that's the first message I'm sending from the front office. James Book Knight, pack your bags, but you're gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I get a lot of that. I get where a lot of that comes from just because it has been so frustrating this year. And it's really been frustrating for so long at this point. And you mix in a lot of Hornets fans are also Panthers fans. So it's just a lot of misery and, and you know, a lot of Hornets fans sports world right now. Um, something does have to change. I'm still of the mind. I'm not making moves unless they make sense. Um, but I want to bring this up. And this is a touchy topic. And I... And it's tough to talk about because let's be honest, like the Hornets without LaMelo ball are much further behind. So like you're not really looking to move him and I'm not saying they should move him, but we talk about, does the team have grit, you know, where there's not really a willingness of leaving it all out on, on the court. Maybe some of that starts with your best player. I, and again, I am not saying, I want to be clear. I am not saying the Hornets should trade LaMelo ball, but 
if someone gave me an offer I couldn't turn down, am I saying he's untouchable? No. Now, is anyone going to give you that offer? Probably not. Um, but that is something over the next really year to two years, that's something that's going to work itself out, whether LaMelo decides he wants out or the vice versa. But something's got to change. And a lot of it is injuries. So, And I really don't think the Hornets should trade LaMelo Ball, but it is a question that sooner or later – it becomes a relevant question. Um, and with the injuries and not enough talent, I'm not saying this is all LaMelo. He just came back. And, and I'm really probably getting ahead of myself here a little bit. But it is something that sooner or later you got to see some sort of success or the guy that's all, you know, built up to be this, you know, your franchise player, franchise cornerstone. Is he going to be that? Well, to this point, we haven't even seen the playoffs. Now, a lot of that isn't his fault, but it is something that from time to time, with the style of play, I do wonder about. So Lamelo's not going to be a, a galvanizing leader who's going to be a big rah rah guy. That's not in his nature. I don't see him ever turning into that, and that's okay. But that's why you need to establish a culture, like a like a Heat culture or like a Toronto Raptors. Uh, prior to Kawhi getting there, you plug and play and the culture's already set up for him type situation. Like you've got to set up a culture around him where you're not depending on necessarily one player or your best player in this case, Lamelo ball being the guy to lead the team in that way. That starts with the front office. Uh, secondly, the coaching staff, and then you have to bring in guys who can embody that culture. It's not like one person has to be the big, like, you know, like the Michael Jordan who's in your face and the whole team takes on, that one player's identity just build a culture where everyone comes in and adopts it like obviously miami is the best example of this in the nba currently um so you're not going to rely on having to have some superstar who can also be this raw raw culture setter like just bring in guys who fit that mold the hornets obviously for several reasons do not have guys who, who fit that mold there are some guys who try to be vocal leaders terry most notably um but, you know, with, with all the – and this is another thing to get into. With all the off-the-court nonsense, all the immaturity on and off the court, uh, the lack of everything I mentioned earlier, the pride, the heart, the, the will to win, the, the franchise is so far away from having that winning culture. And someone has to come in and establish it. It's going to start with the, the new ownership bringing in a GM, a coaching staff, uh, and then that GM constructing a roster that can take on the identity they're looking to establish. They've got a long way to go, and they are nowhere close to having that right now. Yeah. Well, and with the Mello thing, I just want to touch back on that real quick. It's just he is a fantastic player, and he does things that 99% of basketball players could never dream of doing. So the Hornets should keep him around. I'm not saying they should trade him right now, tomorrow, by the deadline. But if you get into the offseason and you're in a situation where you're like, we're unsure and you have a good deal on the table, I think you have to consider taking it. And the number one reason being more than any of that is this dude's health, man. He's been in the league for years now, and he gets a major injury every single year. So at some point, if you're playing it like a stock or something like that, you don't want to wait till all the value to drop out, say he gets injured the following year or in the next two years. Well, a lot of the value he had is going to start to, to diminish a bit. Now, I'm probably being a little over the top with some of this, but it is something where I it's just what every year it's it's the same thing. And a lot of times the Hornets get blamed, and rightfully so, and the talent and the injuries. 
and all that. I totally understand. But sooner or later, if you're really that guy, you're going to lift that franchise around you. And this is probably a bit unfair, but it's just to a certain point. I mean, something's got to change. Otherwise, you know, if you keep telling me you're this guy, you're this guy, you're this guy, and I keep getting the same results and your team's picking in the lottery every year, well, sooner or later, you're not that guy. So we'll see how it plays out. is an exciting player. He has extreme talent. He has flashes of Magic Johnson. He's gotten better at defense. He's gotten better at finishing. So there is potential light at the end of the tunnel, but we, we've got to see it for an extended period. Otherwise, it's just wishful thinking, if we're being honest. Yeah, I'm not going to bash you or anyone who is open to entertaining – just the, the concept of LaMelo trade offers in the sense that obviously it would have to be a massive, massive haul and the Hornets are not getting um, completely just gypped there for lack of better. Right. right. And, that's, and that's obviously not what I'm saying. I'm definitely not saying, you know, trade them away. And some people are listening to this are going to probably be pretty upset. But, I mean, I think it is something that sooner or later, long-term, big picture, it, it's at least in the back of your head just a little. You know, just a little bit, not necessarily saying that that's what you should do or you have to move someone because that's not where I'm at. But it is something I think you got to start considering. No, yeah. I mean, kind of like I was going to say, I've always been someone who really across all sports, this isn't just NBA specific. I've always been someone who wants to get rid of a valuable asset when they start showing that they're injury prone. Like, you know, we you mentioned earlier, a lot of people listening to this that are Hornets fans are also Panthers fans. I was calling for the Panthers to trade Christian McCaffrey several years before they did uh, for various reasons. But one of those reasons being he was injury prone. They were running him into the ground um, and he was, a you know, a luxury car at, uh, you know, that meme of like that luxury car, at like a trailer park. That's essentially what Christian McCaffrey was, uh, except the luxury car was also breaking down every month. <laughs> um, so I, I've always kind of had that viewpoint on kind of just for lack of a better term just giving up on injury prone players who have high upside um early on in the process before everyone finds out that they're injury prone and their value diminishes i'm not saying that that's what i want the hornets to do i'm saying i will at least entertain that thought and i respect people being willing to entertain it because i understand where they're coming from to counter it it is so difficult especially especially in the nba for, and especially for the Charlotte Hornets right. to land yeah. a talent, not only a talent like LaMelo Ball, but someone who has influence and following off the court on social media. He, he's he's maybe not a, a superstar in the NBA yet as far as you know how he plays. He doesn't have the accolades, but he has a superstar following, uh, and he has a chance to be a superstar on the court as far as you know accolades and achievements and accomplishments in his career. It is so difficult for the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, since the, t- this, the team has returned to the city, there has not been someone within the same stratosphere in LaMelo Ball as far as you know the influence and, and the interest he garners. So it makes it so much more difficult. It's such a hard call to do that, and it would take some, some real stones and guts to make that happen. And ultimately, I don't think it will. Uh, right. primarily no, I agree. Happens. I agree. I, I just think it, it's interesting to think about the, the possibilities of if you do do that, because I mean, at this point, you're going to get a huge return. Now, I do agree with you that it's to this point, it's been really tough for the Hornets to get a player that caliber and, and have him come in and, and stay and be your guy. Um, 
And LaMelo, he's so talented. You, you, The truth is you have to ride it out. Like you can't trade him unless you're getting crazy, a crazy return. But anyone that will be trading for LaMelo, like they're not going to try to give you like their best players probably in return because they would want to pair him with someone else. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's just one of those things. I don't think they should trade Melo, but I'm just at the point where it's like year after year, year after year, looking for answers. And to this point, the last three years, Lamelo has been injured. And the truth is they have to ride it out. But if the Hornets' best player is going to be injury prone every single year and he's not going to be on the court, well, as good as he is, he's not really giving you much value. Because by the time he comes back, like the Hornets are this season, they're already out of it. So it doesn't even matter that he's playing. So that's that's part of it, and, and I, I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback on this, and I don't blame people. I deserve it because the Hornets shouldn't let LaMelo go. But if we're having an honest conversation about what's going on with the Hornets these last few years, something has to change, and the reality is the best player on the team sets the tone for the team. And whatever tone is being set right now, it's not good enough. So that's the only thing that leads me to even bring this up in conversation. But – uh, it just kind of goes to show where the Hornets are and, and how much has to change, whether no matter whether it's players, coaches, front office, obviously you're you're going to try the front office and the coaches first to see if you can get someone around LaMelo. But at some point, something's got to give. It's, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation that may become a real, it's not, I don't think it's a real conversation right now, it's not. but if he says, if he has one or two more major injuries, it's an uncomfortable conversation. That's going that is going to become a real conversation, right? It, and I totally agree with you, but that's part of why I bring it up because I mentioned like a stock earlier. Well, yep. if this happens two more seasons, well, I mean, don't get me wrong, you would definitely get a nice return, but maybe not quite the return you once thought. I mean, think about Zion in New Orleans, and this is a totally different case, but. It seems like every single summer that rolls around, Zion's value is a little less, you know. And this, if you look at this soft season now, there's still a lot of basketball to be played and things could happen in the playoffs, so that could change. But if you look at the Pelicans, yes, yeah, Zion's playing a major role, but that team is supremely talented. Like, they're not reliant on Zion Williamson to win games. And I think in today's NBA, as talented as it is, got to have multiple guys. So hopefully the Hornets figured out. Honestly, hopefully – they can keep a lot of the guys and maybe they get a draft pick that works out and you get lucky. But a lot of that is what it is with the NBA, because we all know the best players kind of run the league and you've got to get lucky in the draft a lot of times. So, uh, I mean, we'll see where this next calendar year takes us. Yeah. Last thing I want to say about the Lamelo thing. It's, it's funny because I think you can use the same arguments um, for or against Lamelo that I'm about to make, it's like, well, he's only 22, so you could say that to kind of downplay the injuries. Like, well, he's young, he's got a lot of time, and he is young, and he has a lot of time. When in five years, we could look back on this and say, hey, remember when we thought Lamelo was so injury prone? He really got over that. Conversely, you could say, hey, Lamelo's only 22. You don't sit here and say, oh man, wait till he's 30 then he's going to stop getting injured, right? Like when you're young, you're right. supposed to not get injured. You're supposed to get over these things quickly. Um, so it's – I think you can use that argument either way depending on kind of what your bias is or what your thoughts are going into right. it, you know? Right, right. All right, so well, let's, to, let's – To just up. cap that off real quick before we move right. on, in a nutshell, 
I do not want to move LaMelo ball. I, they need to keep him for reasons we have discussed. But I just bring it up because at a certain point, the conversation has to happen. And we're about six to eight months away from that being something that everyone's talking about if things don't get better is the way I look at it. So and I didn't even necessarily plan for this to come up. But in, throughout this conversation, it kind of just came out. But um, we'll leave that there um, and, and we'll let the listeners have fun with that one. It's live TV, folks. Things happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you clarified that, so you don't have all the Lamelo stands coming at you. As bring them as, on, I'll talk to them all day long, time. dude. I got plenty of time. They still may come at you, but you can at least say that you clarified that you are not asking the Hornets front office to move Lamelo Ball at this time. <laughs> all right, let's take a little pause here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to talk to you about allhornets.com. Like every episode, this podcast is brought to you by allhornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. Allhornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. For breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, allhornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. All right, Eric. We've been venting for a while here. There are a few more things I want to touch on, though. I want to get your thoughts and, and hear if you have anything else that you brought to the table that you need to get off your chest as we go through our recorded therapy session for the Charlotte Hornets that we upload for the public to listen here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I touched on earlier, there's there's the constant off-the-court nonsense. I don't even know how much I want to discuss this. Uh, because I have one other topic I really want to hit on, but that that is the thing. I kind of I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but you know, in, in previous podcasts, I've talked about how you know Lamelo gets drafted, and then the 2020 2021 Charlotte Hornets happen, make the play in next year, play in. Team was very competitive. Every night, you felt like they could go in and win the game, no matter who they were playing. Upset a lot of really good teams. Fun as hell to watch and super, super likable. Such a great vibe around the team. That was from the roster to the broadcasting crew. 
throughout the whole organization. So likable, so much fun, so much positivity. You have I see people all the time on Twitter posting video clips from like the 2020, 2021 season and the season after that. And it's like, yo, you never know what you had till it's gone. It's like, man, we are sitting here posting about these seasons where it was the original arc of what was supposed to be a young core as if it's the glory days of Hornets basketball. Think about how far we've come to where we as Hornets fans are having to post about this. We're reminiscing about these seasons as if it's the 2015 Carolina Panthers Super Bowl run, Eric. These teams got blasted in the play-in. Only one of these teams finished above 500 by like four games, and we're talking about it like we won the finals. How far have we come since then? And the vibe is just totally eradicated, man. It is um, it, the way that the Panthers and the Hornets have dissolved all the good juju they had in our in our in the past, you know, recent few years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy that you do see things like that online, right? Because, like you mentioned, they did lose in the first round. But I just think it, that goes to show that Hornets fans are just sick, man. That they're any. Type of kind of hope that they can grasp onto, they will because the the reality is they're just not getting it in present day Charlotte sports right now. I mean, it's just not there. So, if you're someone that's really into sports and you know you're going to be you know avidly following your teams regardless, you are going to reminisce about those days. The sad part for the Hornets is they don't really have any glory days to go back to unless you want to go back three decades to the '90s. So. It's it's just one of those things, man, and, and hopefully they can turn it around. And, and even with everything we've talked about at this point, I do think the number one underlying issue in all of this is the injuries. Um, but sooner or later, you just got to give results because it's a results-oriented business. And if you aren't getting results, you know, changes have to happen. So, I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, I've got two more things I want to complain on. And to people, if you haven't noticed by now, we came into this and you know I had some things written down. Eric had some things written down that we just wanted to complain about. But this was just mainly here to be a fan session. Usually the episodes are a little more structured. But with everything that's been going on recently, it, it felt right to just come on and be authentic and just, and just vent. Because I think a lot of Hornets fans have been doing this through different mediums, whether it's online, you know, social media with their friends and group chats, and, you know, text messages, all of this. I felt like it just felt right to come on here and do this today. So that's just kind of been the structure of it. But there are two more things I had written down that I want to touch on. One of the most frustrating things as a Hornets fan in, in the modern day, you know, we mentioned that uh, the first two seasons of Lamelo, the youth, the hope, um, the, the the bright future that we as Hornets fans thought the organization had. How many teams have lapped the Hornets rebuild? It's unbelievable. The Minnesota Timberwolves, at the time of recording, are in first place in the Western Conference. Eric, the year the Hornets drafted LaMelo Ball, the Timberwolves had the first overall pick. They're the first seed in the Western Conference right now. The Big Bad Western Conference, the Minnesota Timberwolves, are in first place. How many teams are going to continue to lap the Hornets in the rebuild? Not only lapping them in the rebuild, the Hornets start to rebuild, regress, while these other teams ascend. I mean, the Orlando Magic were a laughing stock, like laughing stock, like two seasons ago, maybe even last season, you could say. And now they're going to be in the playoffs this year. It's like you see every other team do it. You see them build and build relatively quickly. It's like the Hornets are on year 500 of the rebuild, it seems like. That's another thing that really frustrates me. Well, and I think some of it is that the Hornets have looked to only build to the draft, and they wanted to be patient. They didn't want to make a move too early to to try to speed up things. Uh, but a lot of those teams, you look like Minnesota, 
gave up a lot for Rudy Gobert. Now, some of it is Anthony Edwards just got better. He was healthy. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's obviously not the perfect player, but he's obviously supremely talented, maybe the best big man three-point shooter in the league right now. So some of it is that, but, I mean, it's you're right. It does seem like a lot of these other rebuilding teams are able to find their way back to relevance faster than the Hornets. And so that's just another thing that is frustrating for any Hornets fan out there. Um, but it, it's just – I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I don't even know what else to say about this Hornets team. Like, I, I guess, like, looking forward, I'll keep following the team, obviously, and watching them, hoping to see some good basketball. But at this point, my mind is starting to focus on, okay, well, who are the Hornets going to draft with their top five pick or top five-ish pick? Who is going to be the new head coach? Like, who's going to be the new general manager? Like, my mind is halfway checked out of this season already. I'm already focusing on the future because the present just isn't good enough right now. Every season, it's a race to see how quickly Hornets regular season games can become meaningless to that season. Like obviously, there could always be some sort of meaning for like a young player developing or whatever. But as far as like making the playoffs or the play in, how quickly it can become meaningless. It is a race every year to see how quickly we can establish the season as a lost season. One more thing I want to talk about. Who on this team has gotten better versus who on this team has regressed? I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll answer my own question to start real quick and then see if you agree. LaMelo, before he got hurt, was ascending. Looked like he was playing at like an all-NBA level. Correct. I don't even know if I can – I don't know – if I can give the Hornets much credit for that. I think he's just a phenomenal talent who naturally is going to ascend because that's just who he is. I feel like no matter where LaMelo Ball was drafted, no matter where he would be in the NBA, he would constantly ascend because he's just that great. Other than that, you can make an argument for Terry. I mean, Terry's having a really nice year, but I think uh, not to discredit what he's doing, but just to provide some context, he's had to just kind of carry the team, especially on offense. So it's like, He's just being asked to do so much, and and he's doing a nice job doing all he can. I don't know if it's as much of a result of him, quote-unquote, improving as much of it as it is just like asking him to just fill massive shoes and go out there and just give it every night. I would say he's improved because if you look at his efficiency numbers, they're all up. So I would say he's improved, but I feel like from the Hornets' perspective, knowing that he's probably not going to be a part of your plans, like real big picture long-term – that improvement doesn't really feel like that relevant to the Hornets franchise and organization moving forward outside of maybe what does he fetch back in the trade. I feel like where the core of this starts for you is the young guys. LaMelo, yes, he showed he had gotten better. PJ, I don't know what to say about PJ. That he's got he's regressed almost every single year since his rookie year, um, outside of maybe rim finishing in, in year two or three. Um Mark, he obviously started well, then he's been injured. So, in a way, that's a regression. But it all goes back to injuries. It always seems it does with the Hornets. Um, JT Thor doesn't – I mean, he basically looks the same. Oh, um, no. He's, as, as the JT Thor guy, JT Thor looks a million times worse. <laughs> JT Thor is regressed in every way possible. Every way imaginable right. has gotten worse. It's unbelievable. Right. And then you have Book Knight. I mean – Obviously, we, we don't have a ton of hope in book night. Um, 
Bryce McGowan's. I, I really like McGowan. He's had some nice games, but again, it just hasn't shown to be consistent enough to where you can say, oh yeah, this guy is wow. He really made a jump. He's like a legit player. Um, Nick Smith, I guess, but he's a rookie. So like, you're kind of just seeing what he can do for the first time. So, I mean, I definitely get your point. You're looking to see progression. Um, Miles Bridges, like he, he's a good player, but he doesn't look quite as shifty or maybe quite as much bounce as he had two years ago. So, I mean, I get it. It's just like, where is it just a product of the losing and the injuries and they're just weighing them down and they already feel like there's, they're up against it because they're shorthanded. That could be part of it. But like, at the end of the day, these guys are playing for a check too. So like, I don't know, man, you, you, it just has to be more or otherwise it's just going to be the same story until they can get healthy or someone can, you know, find a way to lead these guys or they make some trades or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I think PJ is the same player every year. He's streaky. Sometimes he's hot. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's in the middle. PJ, I mean, PJ's just been the same player for so long. And well, he started the year so well. You know, he had the mid-range going. The floater was falling. Like, and then, I don't know. And I think some of it is maybe just camaraderie on the court. Like, they have such little time playing together because of injuries When that when these guys come back and they're playing other NBA teams who have built, you know, a lot of chemistry on the court. And the Hornets are just kind of trying to figure it out because the reality is, heck, their entire team hasn't played one game together the entire year. So I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just a lot going on. Yeah, no, that that is that – is, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That is something too. It's like even when the Hornets get guys back, it's like, okay, well, like all these different random – you know, combinations of units aren't used to playing together, and it's so hard to establish chemistry when it's two guys in, two guys out, one guy in, two guys out. You know, like the people are constantly being shuffled in and out. But it all goes back to me, like that. It could be a reasonable excuse, but it all goes back to the effort and the body language and the intensity and just showing some pride. And it's like if that was there and they're losing, then these are reasonable excuses. And they still are to a degree. Like they're still factors and they're still impacting, you know, the, the results. Don't get me wrong. They're not entirely null and void, but I could, I would be much more tolerant of that being the reason for losses piling up. If those other things were there and they're just not. And to, again, to get back to kind of what we we're just talking about, a lot of these guys are just the same players if not regressing, not many people are improving. And if they are, it just seems like, you know, LaMelo, like naturally he's going to. Brandon Miller and Nick Smith Jr. are just kind of going through their rookie season. Like, yes, they're improving as they're getting used to the NBA, but I don't know that I'm looking at it saying, oh, look, the Hornets are doing such a nice job of developing them and, and doing X, Y, and Z to put them in a better position to succeed. Like, it's just, they're kind of just improving because they're getting comfortable playing the NBA game and playing at that speed. I don't think it's necessarily a result of anything that the Hornets are doing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, hopefully things will change for the better soon. I know looking forward, I, I mean, the things I'm excited for with the Hornets right now, I mean, hopefully on the court, these guys can just start playing better in general. Hopefully Mark Williams comes back, but really my mind is on Alexander Saar, uh, you know, the, a lot of these young guys in the draft, it's who's going to be the next head coach, who's going to be the general manager. So these this new ownership can kind of put their stamp on the organization. 
So really, that's where my head is at with the Hornets long term. Obviously, I'm still tuned into the games. Obviously, obviously, I'm still logged into the core guys and the young pieces and want to see them improve and hopefully, hopefully start getting some of that chemistry that we were talking about of getting more reps playing ball together. And hopefully that leads to a better product on the floor. But I mean, at this point, the season is all but cooked already. Like there's really nothing coming out of this year other than hoping to get good chemistry moving into next year. Absolutely. Well, I'll kind of, I'll kind of wrap it up on reiterating my message to the front office with the, with the trade deadline coming up and, and approaching here rapidly over the next, uh, over the next few weeks. Just start, start to trim the fat now, if you can. Again, I agree with Eric. Don't just make trades just to make them. You know, don't get five cent on the dollar, but start to trim the fat now. You know, start to send a message throughout the whole organization. Send a message to the locker room. You know, if you're in the new ownership, go ahead and start, you know, putting a stamp on this organization now. You know, whether you're you're fully making changes now or you're going to make a few uh, and wait till the offseason to really make some big splashes. But, look, start start to change the culture now. This is your first opportunity to really do something, to show to the fan base what you've got going on, to, to, to show the roster, the coaching staff. They're getting the whole organization – you know, this is how we're going to do business moving forward. These are the type of guys that we want in the locker room. This is the type of you know, organization we're going to be. This is how we're going to play. Like That all can start now at the deadline. And I think, again, to make sure this isn't an entirely lost season, I think you got to start trimming some of the fat here and make something happen and send a message. Uh, and, 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 again, some of the guys that will stay and will be with the team at least throughout the, the end of this season, maybe this is a kind of a wake-up call for some of them to get their act together, right? You make a couple moves like, hey, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna meet this standard, you're gonna be gone. Maybe some of the guys get their act together, and that's the wake up call they need. But yeah, use this as an opportunity to start getting that message to permeate throughout the organization and give the fan base something to be excited about. Uh, that that's it, man. Let's let's get <laughs> let's get it going. All right. Well, I feel like this has been productive. Um, you know, do you feel I, better? I feel a little better, just a little. I feel a little bit better. I will be at the Spurs game. Um, girlfriend's women Yama because he already got the memo that he can rest against the Hornets too. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. <laughs> the the girlfriend got us some uh, nice like lower level seats for Christmas. Part of the reason why was because you know it'd be the number one versus number two pick. Right. A chance that neither of them will play. But <laughs> so basically, I, I you know I, I say all that to say I feel a little bit better now. But if I go to this game tomorrow and the Hornets lose or get embarrassed like they did uh, a week ago against the Spurs, I'm gonna need to come on here and do an emergency therapy session. And that may just be what we have to do after every after every game. Just come on here and, and scream into the microphone for an hour, whether we upload it or not. Maybe that'll be how we get through the season. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know about that because I was gonna promise next week. You know, we'll get back to our roots. We won't be as negative, but I feel like considering the current state of the Hornets, we needed a message that even from your most positive guys, things are not good and things need to change no matter what it is. Something has to change. Yeah, when the, when the Buzzer Beaters podcast is panicking, uh, you, you know it's very bad. It, it may just be rock bottom. Hey, but at least they didn't trade away their first overall pick. But that's a different conversation for a different. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Eric. Well, hopefully next time we talk, there's some sort of silver lining we can find as we like to do. Uh, hopefully we can focus on some positives, maybe discuss uh, a win over the San Antonio Spurs, something, right? 
but yeah, this was fun. This is productive. Uh, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. And uh, yeah, until next time, man. See y'all then.